Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Via Williams. Are you hitting your ceiling in any areas of your life? Like, have you ever noticed that when things are going really well in one area, say maybe health or or finances or relationships, something happens to make it short-lived? Yes. You ever noticed that? I have noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe you lose weight, you get healthy, and then like you work out so hard, you injure yourself, Mm -hmm. knock yourself off the wagon and gain your weight back. Yeah. Which may be my story. But anyway, <laughs> very specific there. But, you know, sometimes with a lot of people, like you get to a point where you're financially secure, you know, only to get hit with, say, like an economic event yeah. where you find yourself back where you started. Like I've heard stories of people who, you know, got $25,000 and then like the next day they get this surprise bill for $23,000 or mm-hmm. something crazy, mm-hmm. right? But but whatever it is, is, is you know, you, you find yourself just not being able to get past a ceiling, you know, like a peak, right? Sometimes this, this example is when you've hit a milestone, like you've been seeking something for a while, and then you finally get there and you're like, huh, okay, kind of, like, kind of anticlimactic, like, eh, it's fine, <laughs> uh-huh. whatever. You know, whatever. Okay, so all of these things are most likely related, and there is a name for it. And this is something I've learned in the last few weeks, and it has been mind-blowing to me. And the explanation to all of these things is that you could have an upper limit problem. You could have an upper limit problem. Gay Hendricks coined this term in his book, The Big Leap, which I have recently read. And it is, uh, the book itself is uh, is good. It's fine. The concept is mind-blowing. The, hmm. the concept of an upper limit problem has been, I think, one of the most important things I've learned this year, for sure. Hmm. And so um, I, I wanted to walk through it today and talk about what it is, how you are almost likely hitting it in at least one aspect of your life, if not more, and what to do about it. Because for me, it, it even in, in a two-week period, I've already started transforming on this. Like, it has already made an impact on me. That's fascinating. It was such a big you know, deal. When you, when you brought this up via my mind immediately went to, like, what, like, yes, I know we all have, like, mindset challenges or limiting beliefs or or things that hold us back, but I've never heard it discussed in this way. So I would love it if you can describe um, yep. for our listeners and our and our viewers, hi, Diane, um, if you can describe um, what it actually is, because um, I found my brain going in a bunch of different directions when you first brought this up, and um, it's really compelling. It's really interesting. Yeah, so here, here exactly. Um, so here is what an upper limit problem is. An upper limit problem is is like an inner thermostat setting, and it determines how much success we allow ourselves to enjoy in various areas of our lives. So what what the the premise is is that we subconsciously want to stay in our safe and comfort zone right? And we Mm -hmm. don't want to go above that. We're not aware of it usually though. Mm. So what happens with our upper limit is that we cap how much happiness or or success we'll allow ourselves. We give ourselves peaks of achievement. and, And then what happens is when we hit it, we find ways to ratchet ourselves down to our comfort zone. We don't allow mm. ourselves to stay there. And so so we keep bouncing down on this ceiling. So it could be a financial ceiling, a, a weight ceiling, a health ceiling, right? Have you right. guys ever tried to lose weight 
and and or you're kind of in a heavy, heavy mode for for those of you who have weight issues like I do. And you kind of find no matter how much you eat, you end up at about the same weight. Have you ever experienced that, say? I don't know if that's just yeah. me or... Yeah, I mean, I... Um... Like I added, um, I call them my COVID love pounds. They're probably really my COVID stress pounds, but we'll call them my COVID love pounds. Um, And like, I usually hover, like we've talked about on the podcast before, like I kind of have like a five up or down, Mm -hmm. like pound limit that I get to. And over the last two years, that's expanded a little bit more than I would like. And it's surprisingly harder for me to get that back off right now than it normally is. But it's also because I'll like lose a couple pounds and then I'll eat like a brownie for breakfast when I shouldn't do that. Um, So yeah. Weight's a weird example because like it's going backwards, it's going down. But if you think of a lower weight would be an upper limit problem, which is a little, a little confusing to the brain. No, no, that makes sense. But yeah, and so, you know, but that that's a good example because what happens is we get to our set weight and it is really mm-hmm. hard to go below that weight, right? Yeah. That's what an upper limit problem yeah. is. So it's like a warning system that tells us you can only achieve a certain amount of happiness, success, wealth, mm-hmm. you know, love, whatever it is. And we create ways to drift or to shock ourselves back to stress, conflict, stagnation, and drama, whatever it takes to go back to that comfort mm-hmm. zone. And and most of the time we're unaware of it. And and side note, many, many times the drama, stress, conflict is actually happening in a in an unrelated part of our lives. Example. You are seeking a love partner and you finally meet the love of your life and you're super happy and you uh simultaneously start racking up debt and Mm. creating conflict in another another area of your life. Mm. So, you know, really what could be happening is you've just hit an upper limit problem. Like, I couldn't possibly be this happy. This isn't going to last. The other shoe's going to drop, right? And so you you hit this limit and you subconsciously in other areas are sabotaging it. And it is a fascinating premise that I think is probably pervasive and more pervasive, right, than than any of us think. Because I Mm -hmm. think that, say, especially, like, we pride ourselves, like, we are big thinkers. Like, we fight through limiting beliefs and, you know, all of this great stuff that I think is true, and so I think that like the, the awareness when my coach told me, I'll tell you the story in a second, yeah. but when, when it happened to me, my coach called me out on that. I just burst out crying because I was like, well, I, I define myself by being the person that burst through Thanks limits and yeah. ceilings and, you know, whatever, ceilings of achievement. Like, I can't be that person that has an upper limit problem. And you know what? I am. I'm human. We all we all are. We all have mm-hmm. these, these, you know, self-imposed, subconscious ceilings, right? Mm. It is really like a thermostat, like, you know, 70 degrees is my setting. And to get to 72 and have that as your new ceiling is really, as it turns out, probably harder than you think. Yeah. I believe that, you know, I can, I can see this being true in so many ways. And I don't even think we realize it. Like as, as we started talking about this topic, there are so many different instances myself where I'm having that kind of, you know, aha myself where, we do think of ourselves as big thinkers. And the reality is, is that we subconsciously do this probably a lot more than we even realize that we do. Um, You know, and I think about, for me, um, we had like a, when I was 20, I set a goal to be able to be financially, like free is probably the wrong word, but financially able to like, you know, choose to go to work instead of needing to go to work if I needed to by the time I was 40. And I turned 40 this year. And I set a number on that. 
And we'll hit, we'll be very close to that number this year. But the interesting part is, is as we're looking now to grow above that, where work is becoming a choice, um, all of these different like hidden expenses are showing up oh, as a yeah. way to keep me at that number or to keep us at that number, which is really interesting. Um, and I'm having to um, really push through to reset what our next goal is and where we want to go next because I'm realizing that I'm not where I, you know, I'm not there. I thought like, oh, at 40, I'll be there, right? And when you're 20, that sounds like a really long ways away. And then you realize 40 is not old at all. And <laughs> you have so much farther to go. And I'm reading. You're a I'm baby. Having to, we are, yes. We're, <laughs> we're marginally babies. And, and I'm really having to push through um, redefining what success looks like in that term, redefining what happiness will look like in that term. Um, and I'm finding myself feeling sabotaged in this mindset of like, can you have a big business and a big life at the same time? And having to really push through that, like hard yeah, right totally. now. And, and the going back to that, you know, I think there's a lot to unpack with that, with your, your financial freedom number by 40. Number one, there's, there's this, this, you know, interesting concept of you've been telling yourself that for 10 or 15 yes. years. Yeah. And it and it came true, which which is cool. And it is also, cool. you know, we do over time, I mean, if you speak and write goals over and over again, usually hit them. And so mm -hmm. I think that's that's an interesting thing uh to that. But number two, that is the perfect example to me where all of a sudden you're sitting here going, Oh my gosh, we are ratcheting back, like we're calibrating back to that number no matter what happens. Yeah. That my friend is an upper limit problem. That is, that. that is an upper limit problem for me. And I think and, you have to watch that it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, the sabotage doesn't come from different areas of your life, which mm -hmm. is what, you know, what often happens, like like mm -hmm. we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I am, um, um, as you know, we've, I've been pretty open about it, I think on the podcast, um, but, you know, I've had uh, the most um, probably insane year from a work and career and, and wealth building perspective than I've ever mm -hmm. had. I, I've, I took on too much. I'll fully admit it. I'll fully admit it. And it was inadvertent. I, I sort of kind of agreed in a staggered way to make a bunch of career moves and a bunch of wealth building moves, like mm -hmm. a, formed an investment company, mm -hmm. you know, training for this marathon. I, I sort of made these staggered decisions. And what, what happened inadvertently is they all launched at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, everybody's been in my world has been a little bit of a victim of this, you know, meaning like I've been really tough this year. I, I just there are not enough hours in the day mm -hmm. and I'm aware of it. I, I am aware of that part of it. But, you know, we probably hit a peak in the last month where things are things are starting to move from formation into like some some element of, OK, like the launch phase is over. I can, you know, there's a little bit there might be an hour or two now left sure. in a day for some sure. of these things. Things. And, uh, you know, and um, I'm still I'm still in a almost I'm just past the peak. And I had a coaching call a couple of weeks ago and and I'm on Zoom with my coach and I hadn't I hadn't met with her in a few weeks. And she's like asking me for updates. And I kind of give her an update and we're going through a coaching call. And about 10 or 15 minutes later, she was like, your energy is really off. Is everything OK? And I'm like, yeah. And then um, she asked me about something we've been talking about for months, right? Months. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. That happened. 
I bought I bought a, a waterfront home. First time in my entire life. I've never lived on the water. It is a lifelong dream. We bought a waterfront home. And I did this other uh, career thing that um, that I've been talking about for months. She goes, wait, I am just learning about this 10 minutes into our call. And I said, yeah. And she said, how do you feel? I was like, I don't know. Um, It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. She was like, mm-hmm. and she just stopped and she stared at me on Zoom. And she goes, have you ever heard of an upper limit problem? I said, no, I've never heard of it. And she started explaining it to me, and I just burst out into tears because I mm. knew immediately that's what was going on is I I didn't physically, like, I didn't have the capacity to accept that this was potential. This is my life. Even now, it's hard for me to say mm-hmm. it. I am still mm-hmm. going to have, this is going to be a work in progress for me, but like accepting that your life can be that great. Like, I feel like I want to cry right now. Like accepting your life can be that great. And that amazing is really yeah. hard. I am crying. Yeah. I'm crying. This, this is exactly how I was in my yeah. call because it seems really basic and it, it seems like, okay, upper limit problem, like whatever. I don't have I don't have limiting beliefs. I don't have whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. But when it actually comes down to accepting you can have a, a freaking amazing life in all aspects, and you can you can you can set goals that are even higher and higher, it is a lot harder than you think. It is and I think too, via of how hard you have been pushing over the last several years to get there. For sure, for sure. Um, that it's probably subconsciously conditioned you to think it always has to be that hard. I think that's a huge part of it, Seychelle. I think there's a lot of listeners who probably resonate with that. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone um, who um, a couple months ago, and he he'd just been striving and struggling. That's yeah. the best way I can say it. His whole career, really hard worker, really great guy. And recently, he came into a, a ton of money, you know, just, just millions and millions. And we were talking, and, he, and he's like, I think I need psychological help. I'm, I yeah. think I'm kind of effed up right now. And I, and I was like, really? What do you mean? He said, I just, going from this strive and this struggle for so many years uh-huh. to like all of a sudden it's here is, uh-huh. is screwing around with my head. And uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know that I understood it. I didn't yeah. understand it. Honestly, I was like, well, there's this book called The Psychology of Money. <laughs> you know, I said, <laughs> you know, book, whatever. Because I, I don't think I understood it until now. And I'm not saying I'm not that person. By the way, like, newsflash, Via has not come into millions of dollars. Like, I, you know. <laughs> You're creating up, them. That didn't happen. You are creating them. But but my it's the same thing like like it's this this concept that that you know that oh my gosh, like I've hit my 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 body, my nervous system, myself, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, like you have to ask yourself, like you think you can ha- set these big goals, right? Yeah. Can you actually live in that? <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, except it, it, it's kind of a wild concept. So we're going to walk through, um, we're going to walk through how to know, you know, different signs that you've hit an upper limit problem and then what to do about it. And then um, I also think we're going to do some follow-up episodes on this, Seychelle. I think mm-hmm. this is a concept and a topic that I've already that, found myself being a student of. Yeah. Well, and I think this is one, too, that at different phases in your life, you're going to hit different ceilings in um, that it's important to go back and revisit it, too. So if we walk through, like, what are some of the signs that you are hitting your upper limit on something? There's seven of them. Um, And so, you know, number one is is that you hit the the upper limit, and all of a sudden, number one, you avoid taking risks. Number two, you can't slow down. Um, 
Number three is you can't enjoy your successes due to fear and doubt. Man, have I had that. I would add worry. I would add worry into that. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, due to fear, doubt, and, and, and especially, worry. Mm-hmm. I just want to stay on that one a minute. That that's one of the most common ones. Mm-hmm. The thing with worry, uh, you know, fear, doubt, worry. The thing about that is that um, often, if you find yourself worrying about things that you can't control, um, it, and and you're you're kind of like um, obsessing a little bit and and staying on it. It does it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make sense. You. Mm-hmm. That's often an upper limit sign when you're, it's a little bit like a needless worry that yeah. doesn't really make sense. Cause like if you leave the house and you're like, did I lock my front door? Well, that that's a pretty valid worry. Like yeah. you, that's you, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're worried about things that, um, that are just kind of seem random or whatever, to check yourself. Check mm-hmm. yourself and ask yourself if you're not creating some drama and what, what could potentially be an mm-hmm. upper limit problem. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And number four is you prevent change in wanting stability. Number five yeah. is you love your comfort zone, which I think a lot of humans, we are conditioned to be creatures of habit and creatures of comfort. You know, I think we think about, yeah. you know, just the world in general, you know. Over 60, 70% of humans are high S or high stability craving Mm -hmm. personalities. So that's a huge one. Um, Number six is you feel uncomfortable with too many successes at once. Um, Yes, I absolutely resonate with that. And then number seven is you get stressed and sick when you are experiencing rapid growth. And I mean, how many times have you had that happen? I know that's been a ton for me. Well, you and I were talking about it before yeah. before we recorded what preceded my coaching call and like my big smack in the face aha a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. was that I was coming down from bronchitis. And I'm yeah. not saying, you know, it would be a, a stupid, foolish thing for me to say everybody who gets sick is hitting an upper limit problem like that does not make sense. But um, I do look back, I, I look back at a time I lost um, 70 pounds and got in the best shape of my life. And I stayed there. It, you know, I stayed mm-hmm. there for a good, good solid year. I, fitness became mm-hmm. a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I, I started making friends in that realm. And it was just, mm-hmm. I was, it was great. And in retrospect, what happened is, you know, I I think if I'm looking back, you know, I sort of def- have been defined by having a, a, weight, a weight struggle. You know, Via mm-hmm. has weight struggles. Via talks about her weight struggles. Like Via goes up and down. She's tried every diet, right, as a persona. And, and I look back and I was working out so hard that mm-hmm. I triggered, I think I probably triggered an injury that ultimately ended up in um, spinal surgery. And it knocked me out of, mm-hmm. you know, doing any type of exercise for about three months. Now, three months is not that long. I could have gotten right back on the saddle, so to speak, and, you know, back to my habits and whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead, I just slid back into uh, ultimately gaining the weight back, not exercising at all, and, you know, actually getting more weight back. And mm-hmm. In retrospect, I, I think that probably some element of that, maybe not all, but some of that was probably an upper limit problem for me, you know? And so I think Mm. that that self-sabotage can come in the form of sickness and injury sometimes. Not always. I don't want to be careful with that. I really do. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, it can create kind of 
Anytime, self-sabotage is one of the biggest things we do when we hit all of these. And mm-hmm. so it, sometimes the self-sabotage, like I said earlier, can come in different aspects of our life. So mm-hmm. one thing someone can do is like, say I was you know, in the best shape of my life, I'd lost all that weight, I might have sabotaged a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or I might have mm-hmm. done something, you know, financially or something, but something that that knocks you off of this this bliss or happiness or whatever the zone yeah. you're in, right? Um, to get you back to normal because you know you're defined by the struggle or you're yeah. defined by you know I, I don't just you know Via doesn't just get things; she has to struggle for things or whatever yeah. that psychological thing is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. you know I, when we talk about these, we talk about um, the worry, criticism, and blame aspect of it. You know, and when we mm-hmm. criticize something, it usually doesn't have anything to do with actually what we're criticizing. You know, similarly when we blame someone or something, we may be doing it because we've hit our upper limit and are actually trying to decelerate their positive and good feelings. Um, How many times have we done that where we almost killed somebody else's joy, not even realizing that we were doing that because of our own projection or our own limiting beliefs? I think about people that have done that to me. I'm sure I've done that to others um, subconsciously. Um, yeah. And saying, well, that that can't happen or that's not realistic or that couldn't be the case or that won't work. Um, when really, you know, they're, they're seeing a totally different side um, mm-hmm. of something that could be amazing. You know, and a good way yeah. to conquer that fear is to, first of all, distinguish um, it from excitement. It's, you know, surprisingly easy to get those mixed up. Um, it is really easy, actually, uh-huh. to get fear and excitement mixed up. And 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 what's interesting is is that they actually are some of the similar. We feel we feel similar things in our bodies. Mm. Funny enough, with fear mm-hmm. and excitement. And the difference is a lot of it is breath work. So mm. so I've heard fear described as excitement without the breath. Ooh, but but so so sometimes. By the way, side note, you know, check yourself. You know, are you feeling fear or excitement? You might be actually feeling excitement mm-hmm. and not fear, and then you're just mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna stomp yourself on down to that mm-hmm. to that comfort zone if you're not yeah. careful, right? Yeah. And so, you know, really learning what excitement feels like in your body, and in mm-hmm. you know what it, what it, what you mm-hmm. think when you're excited, what what you what what you're feeling. You know, I just recently did this exercise. Say, with this coaching group I'm in, um, the same coach that called me out on this, and and it's. Um, you, you learn how to feel stress in your body. And so we they actually mm-hmm. bring you through this exercise that simulates stress. Mm-hmm. And I learned that when I'm feeling like my first level of stress, I feel it kind of upper chest. Mm-hmm. And then if it's going to go like a level down, it's going to be in my belly. Mm, <laughs> and everyone in everyone in the group was slightly different, but but I've learned that when I feel that chest, I'm like, oh, that's the beginning signs of stress. And when I feel it in my belly, belly, I'm like, oh, I probably am feeling the stress for a little bit. So I need to pay attention to that. Well, you can do the same thing with fear and excitement. You can kind of learn how you feel them, mm-hmm. and um, and that can help. I'm I'm thinking about that. We're taking um, our first like longer vacation in a long time. Um, coming up in the next week, and I am feeling both fear and excitement. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that a lot of my fear is I'm excited to take this trip, and um, I think there's probably some self sabotage of is everything going to be okay? Are the clients going to be okay? Is the team going to be okay? Is something going to fall apart? Is there, you know, and you have all of these little emotions. Um, even though we've done this successfully before, there's still all of these emotions creeping in um, that are sabotaging what could 
be a much more exciting trip. So I'm really excited that we're recording this today because I need to be dealing with some of that before I leave in five days. (laughs) Well, let's use that trip for the next part of this this podcast. That's a really, I think it's like a a perfect example that probably everybody can relate to because now we're going to move into like, okay, you're aware of an upper limit problem. Maybe Mm -hmm. you've recognized you've hit one, right? How do Mm -hmm. we move past it? And by the way, I don't know that I'm good at this yet. So I, I think I want to preface This is good. We're going to learn that, together. We're all learning we're gonna, together. We're learning this. together. And yep. like, we'll probably do follow-up episodes on it. But but let's use your trip because I think everyone okay. relates to that. I'm in on that. I don't know what the, you know, we're certainly not psychologists, but I have a feeling there's something in there for both of us say like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, like we have so many people relying on us. Like, do we deserve oh, yeah. to go and mm-hmm. truly enjoy this for three weeks? Yes. Like, ugh, there's just some stuff stirring mm-hmm. up in there, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the very first thing to do, um, you know, to kind of move through an upper limit problem is awareness, is to just be aware of it. Even even just having this conversation, even that, is that's mm-hmm. probably more than half. Even if, because mm-hmm. if we're aware of it, we we can sort of figure out the how. You know, I don't think most of us were even aware of the what in this case, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. just being aware of, of tri- you know, what, what mm-hmm. how do you, what's going on in your brain? What's going on in your body? You know, mm-hmm. what's what's triggering it? You know, my, what Like what my upper digestion and my upper back are like so tight right now, um, getting ready to take this trip. And... It, it is the um, feeling of responsibility for our team that I adore them. I think they're amazing yeah. humans. As their leader, I feel incredibly responsible for um, being a great steward of our business and contributing at a, a really big level. And I also feel this like opposite side of the coin, which is if I'm not living a big life and not taking time for my family then why in the world should I encourage them to do that? And so it feels hypocritical to be feeling both of these emotions at the same time, which is probably part of what's adding to the stress is like wanting wanting to take it and not feel anything, but also feeling the sense of obligation to making sure everything's great at home too. Okay, I love that. So that's perfect. That's perfect because it leads us into the second step, which is is that we have to work on increasing our capacity to enjoy success or, Ooh, or love or abundance or good health or whatever. We have to work. I know we have to Ooh. we have to work on continually increasing our capacity. So let's talk about what you just said and and use that as an example. You know, one of the ways that I think. Um, we can do that as we can change the stories we're telling each other in our head. And you mm-hmm. just you just naturally, I think, like went into a great way to do it. You're like, look, I'm going to focus on the fact that, darn it, I preach this and I need to live it. I do. It. Yeah. And I'm a hypocrite yeah. if I don't. Exactly. Um, and then I so feel I guilty about feeling guilty. You with. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, what, what I've been reading and learning about, right, is is noticing those thoughts and those feelings mm-hmm. and, and, and acknowledging them. Staying mm-hmm. with them, you know, sitting sitting in them a minute and just kind of yep. going, huh, okay, I feel guilty because X, right? Yep. And not resisting them. And, them, just and you know what else, them. too, on the awareness and like, you know, moving through this is um, I was really good about taking time for our family and our own time pre-COVID. And then COVID hit and I literally, and I admitted this a couple of weeks ago when we were recording, like I wiped my entire calendar of all the fun. Like it all went into all the work obligations went on my calendar. All the fun got scrapped. The summer camps, the travel, the couples trips, the date nights, everything just got scrapped because it was like, we didn't know what was going to happen. And you know what I didn't do was I didn't build that muscle back up slowly 
to like put it back in my life slowly. And so now what I'm doing is like, I'm picking up like, you know, huge, you know, like racks of weights and throwing them on my shoulders to say, screw it, forget it. We're leaving for three weeks. Like that feels like I just put 300 pounds to squat when I haven't been doing fifties. And, um, that, but it's necessary. It's necessary and we need to do it and we deserve it. And it's good. Um, and I think I, I have not been working this muscle. This is not a muscle I've been working. We've just had our head down and I've been really working. So I think that's perfect. And I think that, you know, when we move into, you know, kind of the third, you know, step in this, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's to just consciously, consciously work on allowing yourself to make more room for success, happiness, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, right? And so, you know, the point is is to recognize you've hit a peak. You've just hit a current Uh, peak of what you're allowing yourself to enjoy, you know, and and then instead of, of, you know, pulling back into maybe some subconscious or even conscious self-sabotage or worry or fear, right, you need to just sit in it. You need to recognize mm-hmm. it and you need to move forward anyway. And I think then we start working into, you know, what's the story I'm telling myself in order to increase capacity? So a few ways I think you can do that, say, is that you go, okay, what if I just allow myself to enjoy the preparation of the trip? Because I always think every trip is three <sighs> trips. It's the yes. pre-trip, prep, yep. planning, excitement, anticipation. Okay. It's the trip itself and then it's the memories. So I always yep. think of trips in three parts. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to, what if I just, you know, I might hate the trip, whatever. What if I just allow myself to be like ecstatic about the prep, okay. right? What if I just say, I'm just going to allow myself right now to be excited. Okay. And then what if you got on your trip and you go, okay, I'm just going to allow myself to love this first day of travel all the anticipation and excitement that brings landing mm. in a foreign country or foreign city, mm-hmm. you know, the plane, first big plane ride of my kid, you know, whatever. What if mm-hmm. I decide? And then what if the next day you go, okay, I'm just going to allow myself to enjoy just day one, full day, waking up, having, you know, a great meal in my new city or whatever it is. And, you know, what if you just kind of went mm. day to day and said, mm-hmm. the time's going to pass anyway. I've left everyone anyway. What would it be like? Like, could it be an experiment where I allow myself to like, just have the best trip of my life just today? You know, that that's a hack where you're just kind of, you know, yeah. giving yourself a short, I think, time. I love that. You know, and it also, um, it also, puts pressure on being present in the moment, which I also really love Mm -hmm. about that. Um, Because sometimes when you think about the time of a three week, that feels like a really long period of time. And so chunking it down into smaller bits, I think that's brilliant. I yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love that. I mean, I, I think that I think that this, you know, moving past it is going to be, you know, a lot of work. And it's not something we're going to be able to cover sure. in a few minutes on a podcast episode. But I think that the idea is doing whatever it takes to move past it anyway, to be aware of it understand it, you know, maybe journal out, you know, what's triggering mm-hmm. it, where, what's happening, you know, whatever, and, and pushing past it anyway. I I think that, you know, um, I think as we wrap, I, what I've been thinking about a lot is that, because I'm training for this marathon, I'm, I'm doing two marathons this year, and I'm basically going from couch to marathon in a very short period of time, I know. Um, and and I, I do find that it's really easy for me to thrive on this, you know, how much pain can I take? No pain, no gain. I do hard things, <laughs> all the things, right? And I really do find yes, myself, yes. you know, thinking like, 
do I do the opposite? How much joyfulness, how much mindfulness, you know, can I handle? Can I handle mm. more, you know, it, you know, no happiness, no gain. Like, like I, I'm so yeah. pain and moving away from that and using kind of that <laughs> yeah. as a motivator. I'm like, sheesh, like, let's, let's do the opposite. You know, let's sit mm-hmm. in the great part of this. And, you know, mm-hmm. are we really allowing ourselves to do that? You know, it, how is it, is it how we're defining ourselves? Is it our, I don't know the reasons behind it, but. So um, I, anyway, I love this though. I think it's something that um, this is one of those that we, we're going to be doing the work on for quite some time. Yeah. And maybe if you're listening with us, you're on the journey. We'd love to hear maybe some of the things that you feel sure. like you might have an upper limit on or that you're working through. We always love getting to do that together with you all. Um, you know, and I think about just the the subconscious mind that we're in, the awareness that we have, the actions that we take, the questions that we ask, and then the movement forward that we do in order to um, understand that our body, our emotions, and our brain can react differently when we uncover an upper limit problem and push through it. So Via, thank you for bringing this today. I'm so thankful that you did. We worked through one of my own that's in five days. So thank you for that. I've got some work to do. I'm in in process and I, you know, I I think that, I think that it's, it's great. I, you know, the book itself is, um, I don't want to, I think Gay Hendricks, you know, brought up an incredible concept and I'm, I'm really grateful for him to bring it up. I, I think that there's some articles and other things you could probably read. The book's good. It's called The Big Leap, but I think that it's more the concept that mm-hmm. is, um, you know, mind blowing um, uh, in my in my mind. Um, what what I do want to go into in some future episodes. He does a really great job of talking about finding your zone of genius and using that to help get past some things. So we'll, we'll do an episode on that uh, in a while. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, and we will see you next Monday. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.